Welcome to my happy place Where all the happy kids and lazy ones can find a way Where all the fathers and the moms don't have to cry today Cause ain't nobody die today Praying to my dying day Pray that all my homies and my lady friends will fly away Looking You're listening to The Dope Post on Apple Podcasts Or wherever else I put this podcast on later I don't know But today I have my, uh, my guest Rob Ansel from Sports Business Classroom uh, We met at this program it was in vegas it was during the nba summer league and i found out that rob is also an atlanta guy so today we have we have him on to uh, talk a little bit about atlanta the uh, show by donald glover on fx one of the greatest shows i've ever seen um first off i just want to talk a little bit about sbc and how i met rob so uh, rob how did we meet man yeah so man it's it feels like it's been a while now, but we met originally, I think it was the first day or maybe even the day before it actually started. Um, I can't remember if you came in early, but I remember meeting a bunch of people over by the sports book. We were staying at the Palms and everyone was just kind of you know, getting there early, trying to, to put faces to names. And there were close to 90 of us total in the class. So it was just, I don't know, I think everyone was kind of in overload in terms of like meeting people and getting new names but yeah i remember meeting you and sam specifically because you guys came together and so i was like oh that's cool getting to come with a friend because i was there all by myself i didn't know anybody so i was like man i'm kind of jealous these guys already know each other and um, come to do this together but yeah I, I just remember meeting you guys and seeing you you all there throughout the the whole program and of course you you guys both ended up going on to to win the award and get to come back next year and do the internship and everything. So you guys definitely made a name for yourself at SBC. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, you're pretty right. Uh, we, me and Sam, we actually went, uh, we arrived the day of, and we met you when we were walking to the sports book or whatever thing you just said. And then you're, you're, you're walking the opposite direction, I think, or I think you were on the way with us. And then, I think I noticed like your face and then I noticed the hair and I was like, wait, that looks really familiar. Cause <laughs> yeah, I think you're, you're very uh, active in the SBC Slack. So I saw your profile picture often, but I did, yeah, I yeah, did, yeah, right. I did tell you, I did tell you like your hair was like a lot longer than your profile picture. Yeah. Yeah. My profile picture was like from a couple years ago. So I had super short hair, but I don't think I've gotten a haircut and several months at this point <laughs> yeah and then we all walked towards uh the sports book i think it, i think we you can just describe it as like uh the sports area of the palms casino right where people just drink or and watch some games yeah yeah it's like where all the the sports betting is if you're not familiar with the sports book so that's where everyone goes to place bets on horse races or whatever sports games going on yeah and then we hung out there for a bit until Basically, I got kicked out because the security came over and like carted us, and I told her I was under twenty one. So, yeah, that was a bummer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that must have been tough because I know there are a few people at SBC that weren't twenty one, and I just kind of take it for granted at this point because I'm thirty, so I've been been over twenty one for a while and didn't even think about it. But yeah, definitely quite a few things in Vegas you can't do if you're not twenty one. Yeah. You definitely don't look like you're 30, my man. (laughs) Thanks. I'll take it. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the draft class. What is it? And how is it? uh, How does it relate to SBC? 
Yeah, so that's, I'm super excited about this. So it's kind of really just developed over the last couple of days, honestly. So it's still very much a, a work in progress. But I feel like um, after SBC, there was a ton of enthusiasm and excitement. You know, everyone's coming back and wanting to start doing their own stuff, putting out their own work, whether that's writing, podcasting, um, graphics, um, stats, analysis, whatever it is. And so we, we have all still been active on the Slack channel and just kind of talking about different things we can do. And um, I think it was, I think it was Joe was the one who originally came up with the idea, um, but just putting together a, a site where we can all come together and it's, you know, SBC specific in terms of who's kind of running and managing the site. Um, but just, we can all, you know, put our heads together and, um, have a site where we can put out our own content. Um, again, whether it's, you know, writing articles or putting up podcasts or whatever it is. Um, but it can also be SBC affiliated. And so I know, I think Alfred was the one that talked to, uh, Bo Estes, who Bo was one of the people that helped run the program while we were there. He's, um, the voice of NBA on, uh, NBA TV. Um, so Alfred talked to Bo and, you know, he was saying that he wanted to try and do something like this already. And so we were kind of on the same page. And so we all just were kind of talking and um, want to put this site together. And I think we're going to call it the draft class, uh, just kind of tie into the NBA and tie into what we're doing. Cause we feel like we're all kind of just getting started into our sports careers, similar to guys that are going through the draft and going into the NBA. So it's still, like I said, still very much a work in progress, but something I think we're all super excited about. Yeah. My my interpretation of the name was like all of us are trying to get jobs in the NBA community. So in a way, we're also trying to get drafted and picked up by the teams, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so right now we we have we have like a lot of things like set up already, right? It just needs to uh, it needs some work, but we have a website, thedraftclass.com. We have a Twitter at the underscore draft class. We have an email, thedraftclass at gmail.com. And basically, we're just going to try and do our own version of the Ringer SBC edition, right? Yeah, yeah pretty much. And yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people had already been working on stuff, had been writing articles and stuff already, and just didn't have anywhere to publish them or anything like that. So I think we have a lot of content that's lined up and going to be ready to go as soon as you know, we actually... Um, start launching some or i guess the site's already up but once we start publishing content we've, we've got quite a few things lined up already so it'll be really cool yeah it's it's like a lot of us have already been writing independently but it just makes so much more sense to like gather all of our work together onto one website and then we can just tell people that like this is the sbc um ringer version of yeah like the ringer the sbc version of the ringer and all of our all of our work is just at one place, and then we can just, dude. I'm excited for the future of this. Like a lot of people can just get their work um, passed around the the community, and who knows what could happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, yeah, like you're saying, it's it's so much better to have you know everyone working together on this because otherwise we'd all be kind of on our own doing our own different things. So to put everyone's um, collective heads together, working on ideas together and content. Um, and then you have, you know, 
that combined with the networks of everyone that was involved with SBC. So you're going to have Larry and Bo and um, Dave Dufour, guys like that, supporting this because they're tied to the program. So I think this was a great idea for yeah. sure. All right. So before we start talking about Atlanta, uh, I think let's just do like a, a plug for for your show, and uh, you can talk a little bit about your show. I mean, your podcast. Yeah. 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 Thanks, man. So, um, yeah, as as part of the the draft class, I I've started to write um, just kind of a series of articles on NBA analytics. So just looking at you know different metrics. Like the first one I did was PER, and I've written that article. And then right now I'm looking at um, regularized adjusted plus minus. And then I'm going to go through, you know, different ones like real plus minus, uh, player impact plus minus, box plus minus, you know, just different stuff like that and just kind of break them down. Um, and kind of the, the inspiration for that is, you know, I, I just love to look at player metrics, but um, I was reading an article by Ben Taylor and he was kind of breaking some of those down um, a little bit. And I, I realized, you know, I don't understand in depth what all goes into all of these. So I just wanted to do my own research and kind of figure it out and understand each one. And, um, yeah, so so that's going to be what the first series of articles that I do on this site is going to be about. And also I'm going to launch a podcast along with that called Basketball Stats that just, um, again, goes through each of those metrics and just kind of breaks them down. Um, so hopefully it's something that, you know, even if you're not super familiar with, the analytics world you can understand it and even if you are super familiar with it you'll take it it'll be something you can learn at least a little bit about so yeah so, i'm super excited about it yeah so rob's basically just gonna take his time and just go over the advanced uh, basketball stats that people have heard of but they may not necessarily know in depth and yeah and the, the, there's gonna be an accompany accompanying um, podcast as well so great for you man and it'll be a great addition for uh the draft class in addition to um every everyone else's work so we got like other podcasts going my podcast will be on there and then I'll, i'm gonna try to write some stuff too and yeah super excited for this but let's start talking about atlanta so first episode uh we're gonna try to do today me and rob is season one of atlanta called ban or the black american network episode and if we have time, we'll, we'll go over to another episode. But right now, let's just um, start on band. So I was wondering, um, Rob, do you think the episode, like, connects to politics or even, like, how we, how, like, sports debates can get really, like, intense? Yeah, I mean, re-watching this episode, I forgot how much, I don't know, just how much is packed in there. I, I feel like it's a, a super loaded episode. But at the same time, it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like the point of it almost is we spend way too much time and thought analyzing all of this stuff. And at some point it's just, I don't know, we're, we're kind of over analyzing and over critiquing everything. Um, Cause you have, I don't know, you have the two like super buttoned up commentary guys in the show. And then um, other guys just kind of like sitting there laughing the whole time at everything and just kind of, you know, just, struck by how crazy and ludicrous all of this is so i don't know i think to me that's that was a big theme that i took away from it is we can spend so much time like breaking down all of this and just trying to find flaws in the way people use different things whether it's you know politics sports 
whatever it is. Yeah. When I was watching it again, I was thinking of um, like how right now in politics, especially right now when the uh, candidates are starting to campaign or and they're like showing up on debates, um, you kind of just see them like they can go endlessly on like topics. But really, it's like they're trying to just, you know, be they're just trying to be better than the, their opponents and to be better than their opponents like sometimes they just have to like critique every single thing that they say and then try to like find a flaw in what they're saying um so it's like same yeah. thing with this episode when you have the host of the show uh, montague um you have dr deborah holt like a psychi- psychologist or psychiatrist and then you have um alfred who is the rapper paperboy in this in this show and they all represent like three different things i think um i, I saw montague as being just like the, the mediator who's like trying to control the conversation and then i saw deborah holt um she's kind of using her like expertise in science to try to like um argue her points and then you have paperboy who's like literally just the most normal person like he yeah. who just has like yeah. opinions but his opinions are like getting shot down because of like Dr. De- Deborah Holt and how she has like all this knowledge and expertise on like race and um, race in society, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man, again, that this episode I feel like is so, so loaded, but it's, um, I don't know. One of the, one of my favorite parts of the episode is towards the end. And you're kind of talking about the different, you know, characteristics of each of the, the people in the episode. Um, but at one point, uh, Alfred starts to kind of like open up a little bit and kind of talk about his view and his perspective. And uh, Deborah kind of is like, she she surprises herself because she's like, oh, you know what? I actually agree with that. <laughs> and then Montague kind of like is caught off guard and he's, you know, he's thinking about his show and like trying to, okay, what, what can I find that's something that we can argue over? Because that's kind of his, you know, he's still trying to find those points of, dissension where you know they can fight about something and he's like i can't remember what he says he's like but don't you uh or he says something about paperboy not having his dad or something and he's like what what does that have to do with anything i think yeah i think you're talking about when like maybe when montague says like but you hate women yeah 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 to alfred who's like a rapper who like loves women so yeah yeah exactly yeah you know i think yeah. I just feel like that's like perfect because it's, I mean, that's the perfect example of, you know, people finally find something to agree on and someone else is, you know, trying to find something else to argue over another point of dissension where, you know, just making things up for, for people to fight over. Yeah. I think it's also interesting how you can um, think about this episode in many, many ways. So one of the ways that I was thinking of uh, the episode was I was picturing like, the three uh the three characters um montague deborah holtz and paperboy i was imagining them as like three people in like a comment section on reddit or facebook so you'd have like uh deborah holtz would represent someone who like like you know went to college or has like a phd and then they're trying to like use all this information to try to like bring down someone who doesn't have a phd or a master's degree uh paperboy and then you have montague who's just trying to like initiate the conversation like keep it going like keep the fire like uh running you know yeah yeah no that's a, that's a good way to look at it uh 
I'll probably have to give it another watch thinking about it through that lens. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It, I was like, I found myself stressed out watching this episode and just like frustrated because I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm always the kind of guy that's like, why can't we find the thing that we all agree on and enjoy and talk about that and just have a good time rather than trying to find things about trying to find things that we disagree on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, when I, I was on Twitter yesterday and then there was a, there was a sports, there was like a sports debate on Twitter. If you saw it, um, I won't, I won't say who, but I'll, I'll tell you later, but I just, I just found it like, like the the sports argument was for some you know super long or super debatable question but i saw the debate like going for a super long time and then it just like the basketball stopped it stopped being about basketball i found and it started just being about like who's more right and who's more wrong and here's why you're more wrong and here's why you're more right so it's a lot like this episode i think and um when they were talking about um, the three characters. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it, at some point, like people just forget about what they're talking about and they just like to hear themselves talk. They like to hear, um, I don't know. They, it's kind of, I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons podcast that he did with, uh, Sarah Silverman the other day. And I think she, she put it really well and she kind of put it as she called it quote unquote righteousness porn, which is like, people just like trying to tell other people that they're doing something wrong because they like to be, they like to feel like they're doing the right thing by telling other people they're doing the wrong thing. And you get a lot of that in this episode and you get a lot of that on Twitter, no matter what kind of debate it is, because you ultimately have people telling other people that they have the wrong opinions for X, Y, Z reasons. And it just kind of turns from a civil civil discussion into um, people explaining why other people are wrong <laughs> yeah all right so another part of this episode uh black american network or band it was only like 21 minutes but they they put so much in and the way that donald glover structured it was they would shift from like different scenes to, uh, as if it was like an actual show so you have one segment where uh, the three characters are just talking about race in america and then there's like these commercials as if it was a real show but the commercials themselves like satirize some kind of some something in life where it could be like serious or like could be not serious um and then what else and then there was that one segment where they have like a like a special reporter who went out to the field to interview uh like a young black man uh, named antoine smalls and you want to talk about that oh man yeah that i feel like that was one of the best parts of the episode. Um, at that point, I remember the first time I was watching this, I like, they started, they went to the special report part. And I think that happens, you know, pretty early in the episode, like five or six minutes in. And I like, I kind of looked around, I was watching it with my wife. I was like, are we watching the right episode? Are we even watching the right show? <laughs> Cause it's, you know, Donald Glover isn't in the episode and it just kind of starts with this TV show. So at first you're kind of like, all right, is this just a, weird intro and then you know five minutes in it's still like you're watching this montague tv show and then it goes to a special report and so i remember just kind of being like what's going on this is the show that i remember watching last week or any of the weeks before um but yeah that that special report i feel like that was what put the episode over the top um so yeah like you were saying it goes to 
um, this guy named Antoine, and they're um, interviewing him, and he's he's so he's kind of going through um, a identity crisis, I guess, and so he decides that he is not a young black person. He identifies as a 35-year-old white guy. And so it just kind of goes through his story about how he sees everything through the lens of a 35-year-old white guy and kind of, uh, I don't know, goes through, you know, has clips of him, like, kind of talking to himself. And then he's, like, talking to the, or he's, like, walking by the cops at one point where um, they're talking to another black guy. And it's just, I don't know, it's, like I said, it's so, so loaded, so packed with stuff that is just, I don't know, sensitive topics normally, but the way that it approaches it and kind of plays it out and this little special report is just, it's so, it's hilarious, but it's, I don't know, it's just crazy. It was something I was not prepared for whenever I was watching this. Yeah, and I don't think it's ever, something like it hasn't, has never been done in television before. So like, a, I think a l- couple more details about it is I think they called it a transracial identity crisis. So basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess were they trying to just take the, like the, the issue of like transgender people and then try to like put race into it. Cause, and then is there, did they just invent that or like, is, does that, is that really a thing? Cause I have no idea. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that it is a thing for some people. I, I, I feel like I'm almost positive that, you know, someone somewhere would say that, you know, they identify with a different race or something like that. But it's just, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that you're like, okay, this is, this takes a, a real issue that people have and frames it as another issue that, again, is probably a real, pe- a real issue that people have, but it just, it makes it, I don't know, it just kind of turns it on its head and you see it from a different perspective and you're kind of like, oh, this is... <laughs> this is hilarious, but at the same time, I don't know, you're just kind of, like, honestly, I'm left unsure what to think just because it's, again, such a, right now, like, the transgender stuff is such a talked-about issue in today's society, and, you know, people have done a lot of really good things in terms of, you know, kind of pushing that to the forefront of um, our collective attention, but then you see things like this, like the transracial, where he's saying, no, I'm actually a 35-year-old white guy. And you're like, but you're not a 35-year-old white guy. So, again, it's just super loaded and just kind of tough to think about and talk through. Yeah, I think they purposely made it funny, but they also, like, included, like, the deep parts in it as well. So, yeah, like, you, you, I think I found it funny, but I also found, like, the under the deeper, um, the deeper uh, points of it, which is, like, some people are born into like some situation that they don't want to be in and they'd rather be in another situation. So I think, but like they, they, they made Antoine Smalls like a, so, so funny because he, he like lied to the reporter and then his mom like started telling the truth. So he was telling the reporter that he's a systems engineer for Coca-Cola. And then his mom's like, that boy don't work. Yeah. (laughs) And then, and then he also says that he works at the mall. So then the reporter's like, so you work at the mall and Coca-Cola and he's yeah. like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's one of those things that you like, it, it gets you thinking like, what is, you know, what is the balance between, um, like truth that is, you know, indisputable truth in terms of like, okay, this is a fact and we can't change that versus, you know, people 
feel and identify certain ways. And maybe that, I don't know, just kind of there's the difference between how someone feels and thinks emotionally and mentally and then actual physical, you know, what what is going like, what is their body? Are they, are they a young black person or a 35 year old white person? Um, are they a male or are they a female or I don't know. There's just some heavy stuff and it's, it, it's hilarious, but it's also super deep and, you know, it really brings up some interesting questions that, um, especially now in this time, it's interesting to think about. Yeah. And I think that we can also see this like issue in sports, right? When, um, like a player messes up or something and then the media like bags on them, but we don't know like what they're going through because, you know, all we know about them is what they tell us and like what we see on the cameras, like during the game. So this like reminds me of when I went to USC's, um, sports business conference basically this year and they brought out the CEO of uninterrupted. Have you heard of uh, that, that media uh, company? Yeah. 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 Devin Johnson, uh, and then he was just telling us that the purpose of Uninterrupted was just to give athletes like a a, a, a non-filtered voice. So, and then I remember the the interviewer he was asking Devin Johnson, like, "What do you do to make sure that what the athletes say is like truth?" And then he's like, "We don't, we don't do anything because like, and we we treat what they say as truth." So he gave an example of an athlete whose name I don't remember, but this athlete like um, was smoking weed and then like all the media was just like on him for smoking weed. So, you know, think like Stephen A is like, get off the pot. But it's then Devin Johnson told us that this athlete actually has like had a a drug problem since he was a kid, you know, like he got on drugs since he was like a, a little boy, like 10 years old. So yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just wanted to say that because I felt like it was important. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally see what you're talking about, just kind of the, the tie-in to sports and athletes and stuff. And I, I feel like a lot of the times with, you know, media, you can kind of put them in the role of either Montague or Deborah, where they, they're asking these questions and they have an agenda. And the athlete's like, hey, I'm just, you know, kind of in the, the Alfred role. Like, I'm just living my life saying what I think. Like, I'm just rapping. It doesn't have to be some deep, super you know super hidden meaning or anything like i'm just i'm just sharing my thoughts and um just like it's okay for um people to you know go through um i don't know go through identity crisis it's okay for me to say something and it may be wrong or maybe right might be whatever but i'm just you know kind of i'm I'm just rapping or i'm just you know sharing how i feel or what i think yeah all right so on a lighter note, let's just uh, talk about some of the funny things that Antoine Smalls did. So he tried to get a, a black man arrested because <laughs> yeah, yeah. the show was trying to like make Antoine Smalls like act like the stereotypical white person, like who like, yeah. like doesn't like black people, right? So there's a scene where a black man is talking with some officers, and then the camera points to Antoine Smalls, and then he's like, um, "That guy definitely did it." I've never seen him around around this neighborhood before. And then even though the, the black man like called the officers, so he wasn't in trouble or anything. So Yeah. Oh um, man. That one's great. My favorite one was when he's in the bathroom like talking about I don't know, just like saying things that white people say. So he's like staring at the mirror and he's like, Did you watch Game of Thrones last weekend? 
like I'll have an IPA <laughs> on tap. That like that was that was so funny to me because I'm like, oh my gosh, that is me. I drink IPA and watch Game of Thrones every week, and so I was like, yep, that's that's on point. <laughs> yeah. So then a big part of uh, the his segment was that he was going through some kind of surgery to become a 35 year old white man. And his name would wouldn't be Antoine Smalls anymore. It'd be Harrison uh, Harrison Booth, I think. So then yeah. we come back to him later on in the the episode, and then we we just see him at, with like a short blonde wig, and he's wearing like a a, a blue button up. And then yeah. Uh, yeah, Alfred, and then Deborah Holt, and then Montague, like they they they're just they're just like a video chatting with him, and then Alfred just like breaks out in laughter. Oh man, I, I love that part because yeah, Alfred just loses it. He cannot hold it together and he just he goes on this, on this string of like hilarious burns that it's just it's so funny like yo dude you're on super saiyan mode right now uh, yeah that was, that was my favorite yeah and the fake ellen degeneres or a felon yeah. degeneres yeah felon degeneres yeah and oh then, man yeah and then to end it off like turns out like they, they start talking about like tolerance and then you know alfred was kind of defending himself like like he, he he's he was saying that he's he's okay with like um uh transgender people and he's not against them but he was saying like it's hard for him to like tolerate all of this when people don't have tolerance for him and like his life right is that is that right yeah 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 but then yeah the funny part was that turns out harrison doesn't tolerate gay marriage at all and he thinks it's gross so then they also yeah. alfred thinks that's like so hilarious and like outrageous to say yeah yeah that was like to me that was one of like the the craziest turns of the episode because you have like this person dealing with something that you're like is that even a real thing like i've never heard of that before no one's you know you don't hear about people saying oh i'm a different race or i identify as a different race and age and then so he goes through all of that throughout the episode and then at the end of the episode is like oh i can't stand people that are homosexual or identify as different genders. Like, that's just wrong. Like, that that doesn't make sense. And so you're kind of like, wait, what's going on? And then, like you're saying, Alfred just thinks that's hilarious. And it's just, I don't know, it's just such a clever and unexpected turn in the episode. Yeah, so for people who don't get what we were just saying, it's like you have, you have um, uh, what's his name? Harrison, Harrison Booth, right? Harrison. Now, yeah, now he's Harrison Booth who was originally, in his point of view, a black man who went through a surgery with, like, a dermatologist, by the way. It, it show, they showed him in the episode. And now he's, like, a 35-year-old white man. But what from what we see, it's just him. He's still black. Like, he looks black. Like, his skin color is still the same, but he's just wearing, like, a blonde wig. But he's, he wants people to, see, to um, accept him as being a 35-year-old white man. But then... But then he says that like, he's totally against like gay marriage and he thinks it's gross and it's not like it's not na natural. So that's like the the I guess the funny the joke here is that he he wants people to tolerate uh, him and accept him but he won't accept like gay marriage and people who um um are gay and like want to marry. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I don't know. I feel like like that's a hilarious turn and just kind of again a commentary on like I don't know. There's always something that someone doesn't agree with or is kind of intolerant to and not understanding of and it kind of goes full circle even 
don't know, like Alfred, like or the people on the episode, so like Deborah and Montague, are supposed to be kind of the understanding, tolerant ones, or super critical of Alfred and his just kind of apathy towards the situation because he's like, ah, that doesn't affect my life, so I don't really think about it too much. But that's kind of an example of them being intolerant or not understanding of his just kind of apathy towards the the social issue. So I don't know. It's just super interesting episode. But yeah, that, that turn at the end is so, so funny. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about some of the commercials. They, they, they served as like, you know, uh, just short, um, segments that stood in between like the, the bigger segments. So, um, and each commercial is very, very unique. And then I think they were all, it was, each of them um, were trying to say different things. Let's talk about, how about the Dodge Charger commercial? Yeah, that one was great. So that one like is, it runs throughout the episode. So there's like three different segments of it, maybe four, I can't remember. But yeah, so the first couple times, well, I guess every time until the last part of the commercial, it's just, this guy kind of cruising around in a Dodge Charger, and then it ends with the tagline of um, something to the effect of says says something about you without you having to say anything, or says I, I can't remember what the exact tagline is, but um, yeah, so it's just guy just kind of cruising around in a Dodge Charger, and people looking at him as he drives by. Then it gets to the last one, and um, it zooms in on this guy as the Dodge Charger pulls up at the gas station it zooms in on this guy and he starts telling this guy's story about how he went through this divorce and all he asked for was the Dodge Charger and then it shows him over there starting to pump gas and he gets out of the car and doesn't have pants on and it's kind of like super jittery and pumps his gas and then hops in the car and drives away and it ends with like the Dodge Charger you can keep it in the divorce <laughs> it's a gift. It's one of those things that it's just like completely unexpected. Like the first time, couple times you see the commercial, you're just like, okay, yeah, that's kind of funny. You know, Dodge Chargers are a certain kind of car and, and have certain kind of people that drive them. But then at the end, it's just like completely turns it on its head, and you're just like, wait, what did I just watch? <laughs> yeah. So it was like it was like they took the the usual car commercial and what they look like. But then at the end, they just added like a behind the scenes look of uh, the, the person the, that starred in the car commercial. So the first two uh, commercials, it was just the same guy driving around a Dodge char- uh, Charger. And, you know, they had like all this upbeat music and then all these like different camera angles to show the car off. And then the, the tagline was like the Dodge Charger official car for making a statement without saying anything at all. And then the car just like zooms off like a, like how all car commercials, um, do. And then, yeah, like you said, the last scene, it was the, like these two mechanics, I guess, who are working at a gas station and then they saw the Dodge charger and one guy's like, Hey man, that guy, that car's cool. And then the second guy's like, yeah, but that guy was just in a nasty divorce case. And he just told the, the judge, like, just give me my Dodge charger. And then. Apparently that guy has been driving around the Dodge Charger like all week long. So I guess the commercials weren't really commercials. It was just, I, I saw it as like him trying to be like, like a, like hot stuff, you know, but really he, he, he just lost like everything in his divorce except for his car. So yeah, yeah, 
and yeah, those those commercials all together are just so good throughout the episode. Um, my favorite one is the, sh- the shortest one, just the the Arizona tea. Whenever he goes, he, he's like looking for a drink. He grabs the Arizona tea, brings it to the cash register, and I don't know if you're not familiar with like the Arizona tea cans. Like they always say, ninety nine cents on the can. And so he takes it to the cash register and the guy scans it and he's like, all right, that'll be a dollar 49. And he kind of looks at him. He's like, what? The price is on the can though. And then the cash register looks at him and, or the, the guy at the cash register looks at him kind of like, wait, what's going on? And then it comes up with the Arizona logo and it's like, the price is on the can though. The price so on the perfect. can though. Yeah. 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 yeah that, that was hands down my favorite commercial. I just, died laughing whenever that came up <laughs> yeah they they just took something I, I like i i drank arizona a lot when i was in high school you know and just going to the 7-eleven with my friend and like get, knowing that the arizona would be 99 cents so like because it's like one of the cheapest drinks so you you'd get the cheapest drink but it was still really good and then for this they just changed the price and then they're like but the price is on the can though and yeah All right. it's so perfect because the, the guy checking out and the guy at the cash register are both just like united in this complete disbelief and their world is turned upside down because the price is on the can though yeah it's great um and then i liked the swisher sweets commercial oh my gosh so they took they, yeah they took a bag of swisher sweets I don't really know too much about it as, as I just know like it's something you can smoke, right? With like tobacco in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then I don't know why they did this, but then the commercial showed them like opening up the Swisher Sweet and then just like getting the tobacco out. So then you just have like the smoking paper and that's it. So then yeah. were they just going to smoke the smoking paper without anything in it? <laughs> oh, man. You're so good and innocent. That's great. Uh, <laughs> Swisher Sweets are like, they have a reputation for people using them to smoke, like make a blunt out of. So like if someone was going to smoke marijuana, they would buy a pack of Swisher Sweets, dump all the tobacco out of it, and then fill it back up with weed and then smoke that. And so that was the, the commercial. And even at the end of the commercial, there was like a, a package of pre-dumped Swisher Sweets. So it's just, just the paper and it's just oh that that stereotype for swisher sweets of basically people only buying them to to dump them and re-roll them with with weeds oh that makes so much more sense (laughs) okay yeah yeah we'll we'll talk we'll talk about this yeah we'll talk about this later rob we'll talk about this later um (laughs) but then so i was thinking like so me not knowing that made me think that um the commercial was targeting people who like i guess did things like to do like um you know crazy things but they wouldn't they wouldn't go all the way you know or generally just they would never go all the way with something so like the the idea of like smoking to look cool but like they would just be smoking Never mind. This, uh, this sounds gotcha. this sounds yeah, dumb. Yeah, no, this sounds dumb when gonna... you when you explain it. It's like who who would smoke like just smoking paper? <laughs> yeah. Now now my idea sounds dumb. No no I, I see where you're going with it. But yeah, it was it was definitely a a joke about people just buying Swisher sweets only to 
smoke weed out of it. <laughs> oh, wow. I've never, no one's ever called me sweet and innocent on this podcast before. So you're the first one, Rob. Oh. Wow. I learned something. I learned something new today. Yeah. See, this podcast is educational. It is educational. Yeah. Wow. I'm so, I'm so shook right now. Yeah. Your, your world is turned upside down. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're like Alfred whenever the, whenever Antoine or whatever Harrison turns around and is intolerant of homosexual people. Yeah. Well, all right, let's go through the uh, other commercials. Um, you had that guy, Ahmad white, who's like, I don't know what, I don't know what you would call him, but he, you know, he's a type of person, a guru, guru, sure. Yeah. A guru, but who goes on like TV and tries to get you to like, I guess, pay for his services. to like fix your life. And yeah, Apparently, what he does is he gives people a Nutella sandwich and juice, and then it fixes lives. And he was just talking about like everyone's chakra, and he's like, "The knowledge is knowledge is the path to greatness. If you want to be smart like a baby dolphin, call now." <laughs> yeah, and then there was this, yeah people people with uh um sitting in front of like a green screen background with like a fancy house and saying like a mod like changed my life. And call now. Oh man, yeah, that was, that commercial was weird. I think that was probably my my least favorite of them. But it's just, I don't know. It's even even then, it's still still funny. Yeah, the baby dolphin line was great. Make you smart like a baby dolphin. Mm. But yeah, it's just this guy just going around trying to get people to give him money so he can quote unquote fix their lives. But it's not really clear what he does or if he does anything at all. Really, it's just kind of a your typical like con man kind of thing is the way it comes off to someone that gets people's money to not really do anything. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then we got two more commercials. The first one I want to talk about, like, I don't, I don't really know what, it, what, what Donald was trying to do. It was like the, the Mickey's fine malt liquor. And then the tagline was just, you're drinking it wrong. Do you have any, <laughs> do you have any idea like what it means? Maybe, maybe I am innocent on this one. And I just don't know what it means. I, I mean, I, I don't know. There's, I don't have some insight like on the the Swisher Sweets, but I think it's just I don't know. Malt liquor is just I don't know. It's kind of its own own unique uh, I don't know own unique part of the the alcohol spectrum. In I don't know. It just seems like it's like making something that's not not known as a a classy thing into a high class thing. So it has them pouring it in like the champagne glasses, and they're at this like really nice like fancy parties everyone's in like tuxes and nice dresses so he like pours a couple glasses of malt liquor in the champagne glass and like carries it over this girl and it's like malt liquor you're drinking it wrong yeah so it's like i think i think it was trying to say a lot of people try to be bougie and a lot of people try to be fancy but they don't know how to be bougie or fancy so they're drinking so for example this malt liquor they're drinking it wrong so Nah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't totally understand that one either. But I, I think it's just kind of a take something that's not known as like a super nice and classy thing, and just kind of saying, "Oh, it actually is. You're doing it wrong." <laughs> yeah. All right, and then going away from a, the lighter note commercials, you have the last one, which is the Coconut Crunchos commercial, and you want to talk about that? Yeah, man, that one. That one got heavy fast. So it's like these kids going in to try and get this cereal and I don't know, it's just, it's 
starts off kind of like your normal cartoon sketch serial commercial where there's like a, you know, a serial mascot or character that's very cartoonish. And this one, it's like a, a coyote kind of character. And then as soon as you see the cop, I feel like you can kind of see where it's going. And it's just, it, it turns quick and gets really heavy quick. So the, the coyote character, I guess, steals the cereal or is trying to steal the cereal from the kids. And then the cop like takes them, cuffs them, puts them on the ground. And like the coyote starts like, like complaining like, Oh, your knees in my back. And, um, you, you quickly see where it's going as like a commentary on police brutality and just kind of how those things are handled. And then the kids the whole time they're sitting there, they're like, Hey, he can have our cereal. He's just, he's just hungry. He just wants something to eat. And, like you see their empathy and understanding for the situation and the police, the policeman is just, you know, not relenting. Like I'm trying to do my job. I, you know, he was trying to steal the cereal. I want to do what I'm supposed to do. And it just, I don't know. It, it was a tough watch for me. Cause I'm just like, I, you know, you understand what's going on and you see kind of like, you see the kids just sitting there watching that and their, their empathy for the, for the coyote who is trying to steal their cereal and the situation. And I know this is this, it's a cartoon, but it's like, it's got so much depth to it. And I don't know. I was, like I said, I was super uncomfortable and just kind of like, Oh man, I know what's happening here and it's tough to watch. Yeah. I also felt uncomfortable, but it was just like an animated wolf, like getting like beat up by a police officer, an animated police officer. And I just still felt like really uncomfortable watching it as well because I, I know that like they're, they're trying to imitate what happens in real life with uh, police brutality and like the kids, like they, they made it, you know, they, they, they expressed their thoughts in like a, a new way, which is like, like they, they thought of, they found out a way to use a serial commercial. That's very popular, right? Cause they, they copied the Coco's puffs commercials and they, you know, put their thoughts into this commercial and like made made it their own which is you know like well done but like wow you, you they got the idea well across so well and yeah yeah even the kids in the commercial they're just saying like i mean it's just cereal he can have it and yeah it, it makes me it makes me think of i don't know I, I forget the names of like the um young black people who have been like um killed by um police officers but they were just, you know, they were just, they were killed because they like, they were just selling cigarettes on the street or something or something minor like that. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. And, yeah. Uh, anything commercial, but it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on, on that or? Um, no, I think that was it. That was, man, like, like you said, it's only 20 minutes, but it's so loaded. There's so much stuff in there and it, it, it covers all all parts of the spectrum. It's hilarious at times. It's like tough to watch at times. I don't know. It's such a good episode, but it was to me, that was like the first episode of Atlanta where I was like, okay, this show is like on a different level. <laughs> yeah. It's not just your normal watch the story of these people. It's like, it, it's intense. It's really good. Yeah. Well, we managed to get to 51 minutes talking about a 21 minute show or episode. Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> So I, I feel like I wonder, I wonder for anyone who's listening right now, like if they've never seen Atlanta, like I wonder what they're thinking of it now, because I feel like we're, oh, man. I feel like I feel like our, our our conversation today, like 
it's like we we made all this up but like no it, it actually happened <laughs> in a tv show yeah yeah if you if you've never seen atlanta before and you're listening to this you're probably like what on earth is this show and what are these guys talking about but i would i would say if you haven't seen atlanta you should absolutely watch it and if you watch like the first seven i think this was episode eight if you watch the first seven episodes you won't see much of this at all if any of this it it seems like a pretty straightforward but good show and then this episode hits and you're like what is going on this is this doesn't feel like the show i was watching <laughs> yeah and i think other the other episodes in atlanta they're more traditional like they follow the traditional approach as to how tv episodes should be made but then uh they, atlanta has a couple episodes like like uh ban b-a-n where they just do like something totally original and never been done before so i'd say yeah we're not going to talk about it but i'll say like what like um teddy perkins maybe is like something yeah. something su something super strange that you know that they also do yeah that that one's crazy too it's so that one is like we won't get super in depth like you said but it's just this weird story about this former musician well i guess he's still a musician but um former famous musician that gets this disease and is like stuck in his house and can't go out in the light and a guy goes to pick up a piano from him and it's just it turns into this huge ordeal and it's just a crazy episode it's one of those where you watch it and you're just like what is going on is this the same show what am i watching um, but it's such a good episode it's so so good there's so many episodes like that uh fubu is another where it's like kind of the flashback episode and it gets pretty heavy and it's not you know kind of the main story but it's just kind of a, a box episode that's just really good yeah and don't don't say anything on this but i like i like telling people that justin bieber makes an appearance in the show and like <laughs> yeah because it's true he does make an appearance in the show oh man yeah the, the justin bieber episode is great yeah well all right i'm gonna call it here rob uh thank you for being on the show and uh yeah anything else you want to say no that's i mean that's it i'm super appreciative that you gave me the chance to come on and talk atlanta this was a lot of fun and again any anytime someone asks me to talk to them about stuff i enjoy I, I get excited so thanks a lot for letting me do that yeah well all right guys uh make sure to check out the draft class uh on twitter and make sure to check out our website thedraftclass.com i don't know if that's up yet but any anyways just like check it out and it'll, it'll be coming soon and then also check out rob's upcoming podcast basketball stat there's a comma in there by the way after basketball and uh yeah, thank nice you and funny yeah yeah that that comma like no one does commas in podcasts so that's very very cool <laughs> yeah. all right i'm gonna call it here uh thank you rob but it seems that i have found my route smile for the camera they play my songs in canada i try and keep a pace with y'all but i don't have much stamina you want to wear my coat for the night because i'm too cold try and make my way to l.a just to do it shop getting money sight that ain't true true selling peace for hella cheap just so i can move